The Force is with you, young Skywalker. But you are not a Jedi yet. My powers have doubled since the last time we met Count. Hey! Suffering. Death! dark side of the force is a pathway to many abilities some consider to be unnatural. I will be the most powerful Jedi ever. It's all Obi-Wan's fault. He's jealous. He's holding me back. You don't know the power of the dark side. I must obey my master. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Aren't the droids we're looking for? Master Skywalker, there are too many of them. What are we going to do? Help me, Obi Wan Kenobi. Do my only help. Hello there. Fear is the path to the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. I, 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 Welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, Jedi, Sith. Mandalorians and everybody else in a galaxy far, far away to another edition of the New Force Order. Podcast. We are a Star Wars podcast. And we're the type of podcast that likes to strip down and bear it all. Tonight, you're going to find a little something, something about a something, something. But first, allow me to introduce myself. I am one half of the NFO podcast, your Star Wars tag team champions, along with my co-host will be introduced shortly i am a professional wrestler multi-time champion in a galaxy far far away current champion in two different promotions outside the podcasting realm where i am one half of a tag team champions i am the alpha i am the omega of pro wrestling never a citizen of legs lab city Always the governor. That's right. Hello, governor of real town. I am the Greek god Papadon, aka your boy, GGP. And the guy who doesn't shake markers during an intro. And next to me. That's the thunder. You hear it? Thunder! Ah, thunder! It's the man who's shaking more than his marker. Because he just came from his favorite show he's ever witnessed. Introduce yourself, Mr. 
Sir Jerkalot. I am smarter than two wouldn't be more technical than FX7, the god of stealing thunder, and the man who just lived his worst nightmares and his wettest dreams simultaneously for 90 minutes. Talk to Destroyer, Alex Arroyo. 90 minutes? 90 you, minutes. Are you 19 years old? That's it. That's like a Broadway. It's a Broadway plus sub. Look at you. Fucking hanging and banging with brother Brudai down in Venice Beach, showing him the 24-inch python, huh? The way the ladies love it, brother. That's right. MD for, for you guys is a medical doctor. Stands for Medic! Exactly. All right. Exactly. What, what are we ranting and raving about? Well, I'll give you a drum roll, but let me give you the actual sound of what transpired during <laughs> this event. Yeah, I was waiting for that one. I let you have that one. Thank you, Doc. Let them know what I'm babbling about. Okay, so uh, literally, I just got back from the city. I was at the Orpheum Theater tonight. Wait, you just came? Yes, I, I just came. Feel. Amazing. Uh, nice. I was with my lovely wife. We had dinner. So this 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 was my this was my evening. Oysters, beer, Star Wars, and boobs. It's like all I need is a BJ, and it's like I could die right now, and I'm happy. Uh, we went for dinner, oyster place, had some beer, and then we went to the Orpheum Theater, which is currently housing. Uh, if you may recall, if you go back to the archives to episode 15, Shit. where Papa Don uh, uh, Spiro and I interviewed a guy named Robert Beatty, who was the owner, director, and creator of a Star Wars burlesque show. Hold on. For- you realized. You went back, you did the research worst episode, the dude's name. Yes. And you didn't tell me so we can go do the show live from the event so I could try to reach out to this guy. You know, I was looking under every nook and cranny. I couldn't remember which episode it was. Well, I had to up... scroll back at the pod beat and you'll see it. It's there on the I, uh, I even, Spotify. I even I even contacted the wrong person thinking it was the, the Star Wars burlesque guy and it wasn't. Ah, you're killing me, sunshine. Anyway, you're a mark. Anyway, he probably wasn't there because he's Australian, remember? And they started in Australia, and now they're kind of moving around. So I went to go see the Empire Strips back. Orpheum Theater, where they normally do stomp in the city. Um, East 6th Street and 2nd Avenue, 1st Avenue, somewhere around Didn't they there. stop stomp? I think they've stopped stomp, so that's why they that have to open over here. That was probably the only one I liked. So... Um, by the way, that's not what they do to your balls when you go there. I just want to clarify that. Don't tell that to Tony Atlas. He'd be upset. Exactly. Man. Anyway. Um, (laughs) we get in there. Showtime. (laughs) Exactly how he laughs. Showtime 730. Starts at about 740, somewhere around there. Um, I'm going to break down the whole thing for you because I know, because I know you're not going to go because you're you're Jay Brown. Um, guy comes out as the MC. Fat Lando Calrissian. Fat Lando. Black dude. Name is Courtney Farrington. Hilarious. He has How to you be know his me. name is Courtney Farrington? Because he, he told us his name at the end. Um, he has to be. I, I'm, I'm looking for him so we can potentially get him on the show. But he, funny dude. Uh, Sounds like out, Lando? Dude, nothing like Lando. But, you know, he's wearing like, you know, the, the dollar store Lando costume with the cape. And he was actually a pretty fucking funny guy. Um, was he come out with a Colt 45? He did not, but he uh, said, I'm, he said, uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be Lando, but I'm more like malt liquor Lando. <laughs> um, 
he said a bunch of funny shit, which I, I of course I can't remember at the second, but um, yeah, the, the MC for the for for the for the day as they would close the curtain behind him and then rifle through stuff and fix things. Um, set up for the new for the new shot. First shot came out was uh, so I, I'm, I'm gonna give you the 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 the, over, the overview of the breakdown right now. The show was a ten out of ten for me, by the way, except for one part which I'll talk about. Um. Oh, I can. I bet I know what it is, but I'll. I'll, I'll... I please, please. I want you to just tell me what it is, what you think it is right now, and I will guarantee you, you will not have any idea what it is. Girl, Jar Jar Binks. No, I. I wish. I wish. Oh. It'll be easier to forget. Anyway, so the the only person <gasps> that the only two males in the show were one guy it. who was Han Solo. Okay. Oh, Han Solo. Yes, and one guy who was Chewbacca. Big, big, huge black dude who's Chewbacca. Anyway, oh, it wasn't Spiro. It wasn't Spiro. No, uh, uh, it was funny. They, they made people do the Wookie, the Wookie roar, and I won the contest for the for, for the burger. And some guy in the front was like, uh, "Did someone step on Chewbacca's balls up there?" Because and I was like, "Oh, Spiro's definitely got to be there." Um, Pop. So the um, starts off with a uh, Luke Skywalker and and uh, it starts off with a crawl actually, which is very similar to the Empire Strikes Back crawl with a couple words changed. You know, sexy heroes, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, opens up with uh, Hoth, Luke on the Tauntaun. And I believe the guy who played Chewbacca was the Tauntaun. He's inside of an inflatable Tauntaun standing <laughs> up. And there's a chick on top of him who's playing Luke Skywalker. Comes down, super smoking, hot fucking blonde chick. Ass is incredible. Um, does a little strip tease. Everybody claps, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, throws the stuff. She got naked? Go from there. She, she got, took off her top, but we didn't. she was kind of covering it. And then at the last second, she would like turn around, and then the lights were like dim while her boob was kind of hanging out. If you you can catch a boob here and there, um, then Lando comes out, you know, warms the audience up. They get set ready for the next thing. Luke's come. Now we have a Luke thing, and it was this chick who was dressed as Luke from Farm Boy Luke with the speeder. She's in the speeder, and then she basically does, and they had like the well, not like a probably half size speeder, and they she starts to, in the white outfit, wash the speeder. With a sponge and a bucket. And now I'm like this now. I'm sitting in my chair and Sharon's sitting next to me. And I said, turn to her. I said, I knew I should have brought Papa Don. Ha! I said, this is going to get uncomfortable. And he and I would have done the popcorn trick with each other. So <laughs> um, so she starts like, you know, doing the flash dance with the water on the fucking thing. And they use all like modern songs. Like uh, they use some Beastie Boy stuff. They use like... Um, uh, so you know that dance monkey song. I'm sure your kids dance to that one. There's like a bunch of like this, you know, poppy, dancey songs, like strip club kind of songs. Um, she starts to proceed to wet herself up with the water and sponging. She's sponging down the speeder, which I think the name of this episode is going to be. Um, and dumps her hair into the water and flicks it back, and then dumps the water on her, and then peels off her outfit, and she's wearing like this. Almost like the kind of thing that Ray was wearing in The Force Awakens, where it's kind of like crisscross, but nothing underneath it. It was crisscross against her boobs and her and her ass. And it kind of, she had not so huge boobs, but they fell to the side. And I think th- we had a, a, a small porthole that was exposed. Maybe it was two meters, and I was, was going to hit it with a womp rat. Um, <laughs> she does the whole jam and stuff like this and then as they go through the thing they had a Boba Fett chick who was dancing they had um, one of the best ones was the Emperor's Royal Guards they had three chicks who were doing stuff for that 
Then they had Han Solo come out frozen in carbonite, and then they kind of spun the thing, and Bosch was there, and then it was Bosch with Han Solo doing like this fucking dance, and then Greedo comes out and Han shoots him, but then the three of them get up and they all start dancing together. Um, and Han was like in a trio with uh, Bosch and Greedo. They had um, what else did they have? They had um, the stormtroopers kind of end it with um, a big number. It was like six of them with Vader came out. It was this really tall redhead chick. But the coup de gras of the evening, pop. Okay, they had the tw- they had the Twilex that came out. They had C three PO little little ditzy with her. She was doing kind of like the. Um, oh, they had funny one. They had Leia come out in the in the um, Cinnabon uh, outfit, right, with R two D two, and then she's dancing on the floor and R two kind of spinning around. They had like an animatronic R two. Somebody was controlling it. R two spins around at towards the end of it, and she's like on the floor, like gyrating and humping the floor and whatever. And R2 starts shooting money out of the top of the hood of the uh, R2-D2. Completely fucking popped. It was hilarious, right? A bunch of poppable moments they had there. The biggest poppable moment of the evening, though, let me tell you, okay? If, if you want to guess, feel free. But um, without warning, because, you know, Lando as the MC would tee up the, um, the axe, Twilight's finish, and suddenly it goes dark. And you hear... <laughs> And I'm like, okay. It sounds like the Emperor's cackle. And lights come up slowly, and you see the Emperor, the back of the Emperor. And you see two chicks dressed as Imperial um, troopers next to him, like Imperial officers next to him. And he starts to like flick his hands out, and he's, you can see the gloves, like, or, you know, the old man gloves. Turns around, the hood is down, they pick the hood up, and it's a full mask with the hair in the back. And the Emperor starts dancing around, wearing the robe. And then one of the chicks, like, pulls his right collar down and you realize that the person who's in this suit, which is probably a guy is in a, which seems to be a yellow top of a bodysuit, like an old man bodysuit. And I sat there and I said, please God, please God, let's not have the rest of this happen. They keep dancing around. The emperor opens his arms like this. The girls grab both sides of the robe Peel the fucking robe back. And much to my dismay and almost force sensitive powers, the Emperor's dick is in full view with balls hanging literally a foot below his cock, like dangling there, with this massive mountain of white pubic hair above it in a full old man bodysuit with a fucking fupa and the drab droopy arms the whole nine yards. And then he starts to dance around. And this is not a this is not a stiff cock. It is a floppy cock. And the balls are going one way and the cock is going the other way. And I'm trying to figure out if the emperor is Jewish or if he's Greek. And I'm just mesmerized by the fact that these guys pulled off an old man dick on this. And then much to my surprise, it's not over because and speaking, speaking of speaking of over because Suddenly, what drops from the ceiling is a massive-sized Death Star disco ball connected to a massive-sized chain while Miley Cyrus's wrecking ball plays. And the Emperor proceeds to jump on top of the wrecking ball and get swung with his dick and balls 
also swinging in the breeze during the show. Let me tell you, there's some things that you cannot fucking forget, and that's so, going to be one of them for me. So what is the part you didn't like? <laughs> uh, so we weren't supposed to take any photos of, of this over here, but I, I took this photo, which is going to be kind of a little bit hard to see. But here's the emperor in his full regalia. Jesus Christ. And there's his penis right there hanging over there. Okay. Let me tell you. Um, I, I don't think... I will soon forget what was happening this evening, but it was great. The women were beautiful. The story was well put together. Music was great. They came out the Beastie Boys at one point. Han Solo and Chewie like were doing the whole thing themselves with this whole like, little rap medley. They did fucking sabotage. They did No Sleep Till Brooklyn. They did um, uh, It's Tricky. And then they went to a whole, got the crowd up and they did uh I did it all for the Nookie, but did it Wookie instead. So they had the whole fucking crowd bumping. It was good. It was it was really funny. Worth the one sixty. I think I paid for both tickets. It was cheap. Um, worth the night out. Uh, definitely worth checking out if you're a Star Wars fan. It was quite the experience. Um, were you able? Then, were you able to at least have like stickers or something with you to start get, passing out? I oh. unfortunately did not. I totally forgot to bring it. I, I'm, I'm a mark. There was some guy in the audience who was dressed as Qui-Gon Jinn, which he looked pretty good. And I completely forgot to dress up to him. Oh, well, I wore my Star Wars Hawaiian shirt. So. Um, but it was great. And then, of course, they had the merch booth on the way in, the way out. Oops, excuse me. And they had this this, this book, which was like, a, it's called the uh, Wookiee something. I don't know what it was. I'll remember what it was in a second. Um, but it was basically like a 70s Star Wars Playboy book. Oh, he told us about that. Yeah. Yes, which I'm like, oh, I'll check it out on the way out. They wanted 50 fucking bucks for this book. And I'm like, eh, no, I won't. there was two of them, two different ones. I'm like, eh, I'm good. You know, somebody's thumbing through it. And there's like a naked Lobot. I'm like, am I going to spend 50 bucks on a naked Lobot? I could probably have chat GPT generate that for me. Um, So I, I passed instead. And, you know, $35 T-shirts. I felt like I was getting fleeced by Papa Don. I fucking the uh, ICW show. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm glad you had a good time. Does Sharon have a good time? You know what? Much to her, we walk in there and she sat down and she was like, whatever, listen, I'm going to, you know, tolerate whatever this jerko fucking does because his penis is enormous. Um, I, gave you the, I gave you the opening there to kind of, you know, throw me under the bus, but you didn't. You should be like, what jerk off? Um, and she walked in and she's like, the second she saw like the first act, she's like, oh, this is going to be a lot more for you than for me. But by the time we were done, she actually had a really great time. See, fucking old saggy balls made her happy. So that's, that's why she married you, dude. Exactly. <laughs> Did they cast you for that bodysuit? <laughs> Tremendous. Fucking awesome. And the guy wasn't there? Uh, I, I, I didn't look around. I didn't see him. I doubt he's there because he's Australian. So my guess is, you know, this is the traveling show. And the, and the guy, for sure, the, the Lando was an English, was a, you know, an American guy. Um. They may just hire random people at gotcha. whatever city that they're at. I don't know how many cities they're at in one shot, um, but clearly they're at New York right now, and they were previously in Europe. I know that. Gotcha. Well, there you go, folks. Former guest I was on. Go check it out if you guys want to check it out. Um, Orpheum Theater. Tell them the NFO sent you. Tell them Dude, the doc. That, that episode 15 was in 2019, by the way. Ah, uh, four years ago. Well, 
We normally start our show with something called Marky Mark and his funky tweets, but we started this show with Doctors Destroyos Dick Review. <laughs> so <laughs> I hope everyone out there in NFO land was very um, intrigued and enthralled by the enlargement of Shivy Pops swinging from a disco wrecking ball. Ah, oh, man. Only in Star Wars. I'll tell you one uh, thing. I'll uh, tell you one thing, though. Still better than the sequel trilogy. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I was just downstairs. The sequel trilogy is on TNT right Down now. And I'm where? like, I, exactly. And I'm like, this fucking movie is so bad. And Sharona's like, it was uh, Rise, Rise, Rise of Skywalker. She's like, didn't you like this movie when we watched it with the boys? I was like, I did, but now I don't. Yeah. Well, let's get back to our regularly scheduled programmed of unshriveled. Uh, I mean, uh, shriveled. Uh, hanging saggy balls and let's get back to our program we're gonna start off with marky mark and his funky tweets what happened was there was a guy named star wars only on twitter at star wars only and he stated does this bother you in return of the jedi and they show luke doing the phantom kick which misses by a mile the force kick as they say the force kick and then Mark Hamill responds, and you can catch Mark Hamill at Mark Hamill. And he goes, how could anyone possibly be bothered by my widely celebrated, perfectly executed force kick? So, a little tongue-in-cheek, making fun of himself, covering his uh, his six. What's, you know? the, uh, what's the equivalent in Empire Strikes Back? Because you know, in, in, in New Hope, we have the the head bonk by the stormtrooper. Um, is there an equivalent in? in I Empire? would say, I would say, when when uh, Han was going out to get Luke on Hoth, and he goes, "Then I'll see you in hell," and rides away. I would imagine, right? Hell. That yeah. means that there's heaven. There's a god. You know. Yeah, there's something, right? I guess. So then I'll I, see you in Mustafar. Yeah. I'll see you at the altar. Uh, you yeah, mean help? Well, exactly, yes. yeah. Now, unfortunately, we have to cover some sad news. Actor Ray Stevenson, who plays in the Ahsoka series as Balin Skull, one of the Jedi's or Sith or Dark Side users with the orange blades. Who also voiced Gar Saxon in the Clone Wars has passed away at the age of fifty-eight. Crazy, crazy news. I mean, I mean, I, I sent this to you. You sent it to me. We kind of passed it back and forth. A very wild, weird story for whatever reason. I don't think his cause of death has been actually released as of yet. But you know, fifty-eight. You know, as I as I approach my fifties, is not very old. Um, no. And it is a uh, crazy thing, especially for a guy who's, you know, uh, pretty famous and is about to get much more famous with his you know, new role in Star Wars. And if you realize um, when they did the interviews, what was it? At Celebration. He looked fine. He looked great. Full of life. Head, no full problem. head of hair. Yeah. Looked great. Um, COVID vaccine. Just about to ask. Maybe he's vaxxed. Uh, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, I got a story to tell you that was reported on MSN today, dude. MSN? Yeah. Oh, boy. 
We'll talk about it off there. I don't does, it involve Jamie, does it involve Jamie Foxx? Oh, so you know. I heard, but uh, you know, it's, I don't know if it's how true it is. Uh, I'm just saying. I didn't, say it, I didn't say I believed it. I just said I heard. Anyway, fellow cast member Rosario Dawson pays tribute to uh, Ray Stevenson on Twitter. She tweeted the following. Sharing in grief with all you, with you all. What a ray, capital R, of light. Ray. Been calling casting crew and the rest of my family say how much I love them. Let this be a reminder to you on, on your peoples in real time, while you can. Oh, I'm sorry. Let this be a reminder to you to love, on your peoples in real time while you can. Ray was so vivacious. And unbelievably present and vibrant. He truly lived. So, Mr. Stevenson, these 10 Darth Vader breaths are for you. There you have it, folks. Hopefully, he will eternally be remembered through his roles that he played. And hopefully, his role in Ahsoka will just add to his legacy and continue the great roles and acting abilities that he portrayed in previous roles. Former well, Punisher. Yeah, former Punisher. Punisher. One of the, probably the best Punisher, I think. would be next to John Berthal. So... Um, now, Godspeed. You know, Godspeed. Exactly. Godspeed. But now, you know, where does that leave the Ahsoka show? Um, you know, we're sitting here with potentially a character who more than likely, possibly, I guess, uh, potentially survived. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's easy if he did not survive for them, obviously, um, because then they can kind of get away with whatever, you know, bullshit that he's dead. Um, to not get to the character, but if he's still alive, well, what are they going to do? I mean, are they going to write him off? Are they going to recast him? Are they going to do something? Again, left to speculation. Obviously, we know that the Ahsoka show is, is in the can already and it's done. So it's not like they need to go and um, and 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 flip the script and and kind of deal with the stuff from there because we already know it's kind of out. So um, who knows? I mean, I guess we'll find out in a, a few short months. When we get our uh, Ahsoka. Speaking of Ahsoka, did you see that the Twitter was ablaze um, this week? John, Johnny Blaze? Not Johnny Blaze. Um, or um, Red Man or Method Man, which I wanted to is Johnny Blaze. With, um, there was this dermatologist who's, uh, you know, a fellow physician who was, was um, courting Disney and letting them know that there was this fan who has been battling 
her, one of her friends is a patient, is a pediatric oncologist, cancer doctor, has a friend who uh, has a patient who was battling cancer and it does not look good for this child. He's been battling cancer for the last 10 years. And his, you know, one of his dying wishes is to watch the Ahsoka series um, prior to it being released in August because they don't feel like this child is going to make it. So they are, you know, the Twitterverse is doing their thing and they're kind of reaching out to all the people at Disney and Lucasfilm and, you know, KK and whomever to try to get a screening copy of this, uh, of Soak into this kid's hands. Um, this has happened before, I think, with The Force Awakens. There was something like this with one of the fans, like an older fan who was dying and they did get him a copy. It was also, I heard her, if you read it in the article, there was a Toy Story 4 or 3. Some kid was also looking forward to seeing that. And they had gotten a copy from Disney, driven directly to their house via DVD by the one of the producers or one of the Disney workers, whatever. Um, so, you know, hopefully at this point, this kid has already seen the Ahsoka series. And if you have a kid, come on, get in the show. Let's go. Push the oxygen mask aside. Let's, let's chat a little bit. Uh, uh, uh. What's nice. uh? What do uh, kids with cancer and dark humor have in uh, have in common? What? It never gets old. Ouch! <laughs> I can't even laugh at that one. Man. Jesus Christ, Doc! You heal. You heal. Speaking about heels, do you want to talk about the biggest heel from New Zealand or Australia, wherever the fuck he's from? Taika Waititi. Oh, Taika Waititi. What's that? What's Taika Waititi? He's still working on a Star Wars project, stating he needs a middle for the story. Claims that his project is something different and new. He doesn't want it to be something where you have a smuggler with an alien sidekick uh, running shop in the movie. Um, The interesting thing is he's writing it alone now. And that's because Wilson Kearns or uh, the other writer left the project. So people leaving these projects, dude, you would have to fucking train me to a fucking horse and drag me off if, if I'm on a Star Wars project. Well, rumor has it they maybe they turned in the first script, it wasn't approved, that he wasn't liked. And the funny thing though is KK stating that Taika is a slow writer and needs a third Ooh, act. Slow. Right a third, it needs a third act, but Taika's saying that he has the third act. He needs a, a second act, the middle. So they can't even get their story straight. They don't know how to work. But speaking of work, I don't know where this is heading, bro. But this is not looking right. But so. it's not. It's, it has looked right for an eternity. It's been brutal, brother. Brutal. Yeah. Yes. Star Wars has fallen off of the rails, man. I mean, there's yeah. only specific certain things about it that are right now good. Um, and the future does not look fucking bright. It looks as bleak as bleak can fucking be. Um, you, know, you know what I watched today? Or not today. I finished watching it today. Tell me. The Kai Patterson cut of Kenobi. Kenobi, yeah. Somebody had, somebody had sent me a new cut of that cut. Um, how was it? I liked it. 20 times better than the real one, right? Yeah, uh, at and the also, very least, I mean, there's a couple things he took out, real minor things that I would have left in. He changed the ending a little. Um, the ending what? is he walks up to Luke and says, "Hello there." Never read anything. And then credits. There's you never know? a there's never a Qui Gon thing. No, there's no Qui Gon ghost. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. Which I don't know how I feel about that. 
Yeah, you, know? you would th- you would think that he would potentially have put that somewhere else in the. In the we know we had talked about that previously about him having oh. the the, the Qui Gon issue when he was in the rocks. That's exactly where he puts the voice. But oh, nice, he does. Yeah. Watch nah. it, Doc. It's two and a half hours. I think you'd yeah, like yeah, it. Yeah, no, I'll definitely give it a, give it a go. If you have and the links, if you have the link, send it to me. Uh, there's another guy named Mike Kalinowski who does uh, the uh, Sith Council alongside. Uh, 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 what's his name? Christian Harloff. And he has a, an edited version that he put together as a movie. And I watched that as well, too. And it wasn't bad. It was really, really, really good. Um, he eliminated the whole episode four of the movie. What do you mean? Like, of the, uh, the whole episode? Like, like the whole episode and Leia never got captured. He edited it to where it makes sense. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it just tells a better story. So kudos to both those gentlemen for doing what should have been done. But anyway, I digress. Um, did you hear what's going on with all the future uh, Star Wars movies and spinoffs? I have not heard what's going on with the future stars. Please enlighten me. On the uh, Dagobah Dispatch podcast, uh, Spiro's wet dream, Kathleen Kennedy, confirmed that all upcoming Star Wars movie will now feature an opening crawl. Ah, oh, yes, I did hear about this. Finally, we're going back to, you know, what, what, what sells the business over here. The good shit. I just don't understand. You take it away, then you bring it back because it didn't work. Like, come on. Well, just of course. You let listen. it be. At, at least they're fucking slightly listening, you know? They're not listening. They're not complete fucking idiots. Oh, they are complete fucking idiots. <laughs> From Pablo Hidalgo to Kathleen Kennedy, they're all freaking... Bad fits for Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, Star Wars Galactic Star Cruiser to be a $300 million tax write-off. Dude, we talked about this last week, right? About the fact that... Not the write-off part, but No, I know about the fact that they're closing the the, the, the Galactic... And you and I were like, I I don't understand. Like they, they They dumped so much money into this. And, you know, clearly it would be smarter if they want to make some money on it, lower the fucking price, bring some people in, blah, 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 blah. But now, but now, it makes complete fucking sense. I read this and I'm like, these pricks, because they're going to get a $300 million write-off off this, as I guess, I don't know, you know, whatever rich companies do for write-offs when they fail at something, which is amazing. How these places keeps fucking keeping opening because it's just you know we want to talk about conspiracy theory. There it is. Um, they're basically writing off this as a loss. And the crazy thing about it is that a they're getting three million dollars. That's fucking insane. I I, I can't. I don't know. Three hundred million dollars. Sorry, three hundred million dollars. I don't know how much they put into it to begin with. Um, but do you think it was three hundred mil? Maybe I don't know. Maybe it was less. Maybe it was more. Who knows? But the real crazy thing about it is that much like a car. Or anything else that that you buy, things depreciate over time. So their timeline for this, if they don't close it in September, is a depreciation to 150 million and then 100 million to get back, you know, for tax purposes, for a loss, um, in I think six months and then in a year after that. So they're like, you know what, this place, like we're done, we're cutting our losses, we're fucking out, and they're doing that. I have no clue how that even works or manages in like the real world in life you, you're a money guy you do you deal with fucking money for a living uh please enlighten me if you understand 
Oh, I totally understand. They they totally they they used an accelerated depreciation over the six months, two quarters, uh, and it's going to generate, like you said, anywhere between a hundred million to one hundred fifty million per quarter. So they're able to capitalize this. Um, it's not illegal. It's within the uh, general accepting accounting principles, GAAP standards. So they're playing by the rule books, but they were able to make make it work for themselves. So no hate, but again, doesn't it's, bring it doesn't doesn't it doesn't bring any positivity to the brand or the IP. Zero. It just feeds the, the haters, you know. But it is. But look what they're doing with the Disney Plus in the purge of all these shows and all this stuff. They're all getting th- broadcast as tax write-offs as well, too. That's because Disney's in the shitter financially. Their stock is down. People are pissed at them with all this woke nonsense they're pulling left and right and everything in between. Now I heard they they just greenlit a show where an 18-year-old girl gets pregnant by the devil. And she's going to have from a one-night stand. Disney? And have, yeah, and have the baby. And keeps the baby and raises the devil's baby. So, on what channel is that going to be? On Disney Plus. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I heard this online. I mean, no, you read it online. It's got to be true. Of course, but what's it called? So, I want. I want to know what's it's, it called. It's 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 supposedly written by the same people. These German writers who wrote for Netflix, uh, how to be how to become a fast selling drug dealer or something, a show like that. Something it's like by that. By Germans. How now to sell it, drugs quick. Now it completely and, makes sense. That's that's what the article stated. Anyway. Let's 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 move on to Star Wars. You want to see some of the craziest porn in the world? German porn. Uh, sure, if you say so. Do you know I learned German the other day? Yeah. Yeah. You know how you say Brazier in German? Uh, please tell me. Stopsen from Flopsen. Stopsen from Flopsen. Okay. <laughs> All right. That works. That works. So, did you know George Lucas reportedly not happy with Daisy Ridley's sequel trilogy? Oh, I can't imagine why. Confirmed by Star Wars Theory. Confirmed by Star Wars Theory, who apparently, by the way, is is blacklisted by Disney. Did you know that, too? Yeah, he did an interview stating he was blacklisted by Lucasfilm. And and in the interview, he stated, and I quote, I know people who know George Lucas, and they say he's not too happy with the stuff that's been kind of... uh, No, I'm sorry. Happy with the stuff that that been kind ben, of been. I mean, no, kind of like the sequel trilogy stuff. Twenty twenty, obviously, George Lucas went on the East Harlem School at Exodus House with his wife Melody Hobson during the Q and A session. Lucas was asked, "The world has changed so much since the first Star Wars movie. How do you think the changes in the fight for racial justice will impact Star Wars universe going forward?" And the filmmaker then replied. I don't know. I mean, I kind of lost control of Star Wars. So it's going off. Right, I, guess, diff- I don't know. I've kind of lost control of Star Wars since I got paid $4.2 fucking dollars for it. So it's going off in a different path than what I intended. But the first six Star Wars films are very much mine and my philosophy. Yeah, George, we know that. I, and we also know that you have no control of Star Wars right this fucking second. I mean, uh, what planet are we on? This is this is news? Yeah. Just bring it to the table. But here's no, something that's really going to answer to me. It's going to really wet your whistle. No, I can't wait. Natalie Portman open to returning oh, to Star Oh, look at look at the chagrin on his oh, face right now. Let me tell you, I posted that meme on the on the page this week 
where it was like, yeah, I would have killed them fucking kids for her too. I don't blame him. She in a recent segment with GQ smoke show. So hot. In a recent segment with GQ magazine, Natalie Portman stated that she's Natalie. Natalie Portman. Who's Natalie Portman? Natalie. Natalie Portman is stated that she's open to returning to Star Wars. And her quote was, I have no information on this. No one has ever asked me to return, but I'm open to it. First of all, first of all, uh, I, she, she opened anything else because I'm asking for a friend. Um, uh, let's let's play let's let's play a, like a guessing game here, Papa Doc. Um, ten seconds. It was it is the answer. It was it, it, the, the question is not how long I'm going to last if Natalie Portman lets me better. The question is how in the gods green earth would she actually come back? It's not like we could do a Padme prequel. Yeah, because we can. Because we're going to de-age her. You love yeah. this. You love this fucking de aging stuff. Listen, man. I'm really not a big fan. They can do Padme miniseries, uh, a streaming series that takes place between episode one and all the way up between episode three, and it could be stuff that she did in the background with the other mm. politicians and in senators. The ba- in the back, what? Oh, <laughs> and with, <laughs> with all the senators. I don't want to um, see a political show. Why not? Have Tony Gilroy write it, you'll be good to go. Oh God, I could fucking get get some sleep again. <laughs> How dare you? And then on top of that, there have been three books that have come out written by Claudia Gray regarding her. So they can use that for the basis of the shows if they really want to bring her back in order for her to do these shows or movies or whatever the case may be. Look, when there's a will. There's a way. And the fact is, I'd rather watch Natalie Portman come and oh, take those. I'll watch her come all day. <laughs> right. All over my face, neck, and chest. But um, exactly. I'd rather her show up and do these three movies or do a streaming service show uh, incorporating these books than watch a sequ- another sequel trilogy movie 15 years later. You know what I'm saying? Like, I have no interest in this Ray movie whatsoever. I don't even think I don't I really and I and I don't even think it's gonna happen to be honest with you. So yeah, well it's you know it's not looking great to begin with with this uh rando fucking um director they got going on for it. Anyway, I agree with you. Uh Ubisoft open world Star Wars game could optimistically arrive in early twenty twenty four. Another open world Star Wars game? Like yeah. like Force uh what you call it? Force, uh, whatever, Apprentice, Jedi, something. I don't know. I don't play games. I just exactly. exactly. Spirit, Luca- yeah, right. Spirit, you got anything to say? Hey, uh, yeah, hey, uh, uh, yo, Adrian, who keeps ringing that <laughs> bell? <laughs> we uh, love you, big guy. Get back on the show. Luke Skywalker's clone in the Mandalorian movie was already set up by the Star Wars canon. Did you know this? Luke Skywalker's clone, um, Luke. Yes, are they talking about Luke? How it was set up in the comic books since it's already in canon. But what are they talking about in the Mandalorian? Luke Skywalker's clone. There's no clone of Luke Skywalker in the Mandalorian. They're talking about how they could in the Mandalorian movie because if it's heir to the Empire. Uh, oh, okay. Set it up. I get you. But they said they already set it up, though. Yeah, it's already set up. They're saying in the comics and when no one picked it up on it. Because of the in, hand? In Exegol, yes. Now, do you think we're going to get a Luke clone? I hope not. I don't think so. I think that's just going to cheapen Luke Skywalker. It really makes no sense for them to actually do that. Um, 
and again, you know, also Disney's not going to do anything that's going to be insanely controversial. I think we'll get like, you know, trans Luke before we get clone Luke. That was a joke. She left. Ha. Ha ha ha. Thanks. Ha. Um, trans, tra- trans solo. No, thanks. Palpatine destroyed an ex an ancient Jedi science to create the Death Star. What do you think about this? Yeah, so I saw about this. So, you know, he apparently co- collated and collected all of the people who had uh, intimate knowledge of kyber crystals. Um, and it seems that the Death Star's lasers were also kind of based off of some kyber crystal technology. Um, which, uh, you know, led the Emperor to destroy the Jedi's ability to produce kyber uh, and to and to make that kyber into their sabers, um, which I thought was pretty cool. I thought, you know, I think it's an interesting concept that 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 Chibi Palps would do this and um, be smart enough to kind of like be like, OK, well, the only people that could really touch me in general and get to me are going to be the Jedi. And if I take away their primary weapon, um, I also kind of cripple them from coming after me and getting me so it strategically makes perfect sense um kind of like what the u.s government did to the nazi scientists after world war ii was over now they supposedly if you believe in conspiracy theories hold on stop many people do um, stop 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 right there you're talking like you know what you're talking about and you sound ridiculous because number one it's not a conspiracy theory. It's, it's a, true. It's a goddamn fact. It's called Operation Paperclip. They brought in thousands of Nazi scientists and engineers. And Werner von Braun, the head of NASA, best friend to Disney, Walt Disney, was one of them. And they brought him here. They changed their names. They put him all over the country. And they wanted them to come here instead of Russia so they could because the Germans are so advanced in their technology in World War II. Now here's the deal. People are like, oh, that's not true. It is true. And it's not because some fat guy in a basement said it. It's because it was proven through FOIAs. And what's a FOIA? Freedom of Information Act leaked CIA documents showing everybody that it's I, happened. I love when you say leaked CIA documents. It's my favorite. It is. It's leaked CIA documents. Documents that are unclassified and shared with the public now due to the Freedom of Information Act that proves that this actually happened. No fucking theory about it. It is 100% cascade fact. Just like Doc had to take out the trash, it's a fact. You take the trash out today. How'd you know that? Because it's fucking Thursday. Thursday. Trash day. So... Right. So, so anyway, Shivi Palps goes about and does this much like the uh, the German scientists. Uh, smart. You know, I think it's a it's a it's a technique that he's going to uh, preserve himself by by doing it. So makes sense. I like the way they, they spun this. Yes. It was very well done. And it, it, I agree with you. It does make sense. You don't want Jedis to uprise and revolt. Is scattered all over the universe. If they do come together like Voltron, what weapons do they have? You have all the sabers. You threw them into uh, a big furnace. You kept the kyber crystals. You used it into the Death Star. And all those who work in kyber, all the scientists are on the Death Star, both of them. And they both die with the Death Star 
So makes perfect sense. It does. It does. It's clever I, editing. Clever editing. I love things like this because it kind of, again, it, the, the, as you say, the connective tissue weaves the connective tissue, which I think is always a good thing. Um, and it doesn't cheapen the story. It doesn't change anything. It's just like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Have you, uh, hmm. Probably not. Have you ever, uh, dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? No, but have you ever tried to get any memorabilia from movies from auctions? Auction memorabilia. So, you know, a lot of times that movie memorabilia stuff is extremely expensive and it's difficult to kind of generate the capital to say, oh, hey, I want to, you know, carry Fisher's fucking sock from a, a New Hope. But I can tell you, hold on, before we move on, I'll tell you the funny story. Jack Nicholson was filming a movie when I was in high school by my house. Anger management? Out, it wasn't anger management. It was one, I can't remember the chick, but it was like in the early 90s. If I, if I think long enough, I'll remember what movie it was. Um, and Who's in it? Jack Nicholson and what's it, Meryl Streep. I don't know. I'll look it up. Anyway, um, he was filming it in the streets of Brooklyn and Park Slope, where I live right now, where, where-ish I live right now. And I went to go see him with my current ex-wife, who was my girlfriend at the time. And we were sitting at the side. They were filming in the middle of the night. And Jack is sitting over there. And he's like, hey, I got to take a break so I can take a drag off this cigarette. And he smokes a cigarette and he flicks it out and it lands right by my feet. And I'm like, oh, I'm taking Jack Nicholson's cigarette butt. And I think I still have it somewhere in my collection, by the way. Anyway, sorry, I digress. Continue. Interesting story. Memorabilia. Yeah. Movie fans and memorabilia collectors better start saving up quickly for Prop Store's annual live auction of film and TV memorabilia this June. So this month. Carrie Fisher's Princess Leia dress from the original Star Wars movie. What the? The hammer uh, you... Oh, I'll go back to that one. It's not the dress that you think it is. It is the Yavin ceremony dress. Um, it is an original dress. It is from the Star Wars New Hope, but it's not the iconic dress that we're all associated carry with. Okay. The hammer used by Tim Robbins to escape prison in Shawshank Redemption. And the the, the second greatest hammer in uh, movie history. And the Bat Pod motorcycle used by Christian Bale in The Dark Knight will hit the auction block in June. And what is being built is one of the largest memorabilia auctions in the world. The Star Wars dress, a holy grail for collectors, and the bat pot alone are estimated to fetch up to $2 million each in live bat, auction. Being bat, run, pod, bat pod, not functional. Being run up by Prop Store, the 25-year-old company that specialized cinematic treasures and collectibles. So, Doc, you had $2 million. Would you buy fucking Carrie Fisher's dress? Uh, if I had an extra $2 million, I would not buy Carrie Fisher's dress. Unless it still smells like young Carrie Fisher. <laughs> if it does not, then I'm, <laughs> I'm completely fucking out, dude. Uh, what movie prop would you buy? Movie prop would I buy? Hmm. If I so, so I've got all the money I need to get said prop, right? You had Elon Musk money. Put it that way. I had Elon Musk. Okay, I buy Twitter. No, um... I had Elon Musk money. What problem? You, you'd buy Twitter and change the name to Shitter. Exactly. Let's see. Um, this is a great question. I would. Can I buy two? Buy whatever you want. All right. First one I'm going to buy is an easy one. It's going to be Darth Vader's lightsaber. Um, 
Just having Luke's is kind of cheesy, I guess. I'd rather Vader's Vader saber from um, A New Hope. The one that he struck down Kenobi with. The second thing I would buy would be the full outfit that Brandon Lee wore in the movie The Crow, because that is one of my absolute all-time favorite movies. Interesting. Okay. What would you buy? I don't know. It would have to be something Star Wars related. Maybe Darth Vader's suit. Maybe, uh, I don't know. Uh, the, the, the suit's a good call. Maybe, uh, Michael Keaton's Batman 89 suit. Uh, that's also a good call. Maybe Batman Returns. I like the cowl in Batman Returns the best. Um, Oh, the original Boba Fett suit would be nice. Yeah, that's also a good one. Um, the Batmobile, any of them? Any of them? Oh, specifically, I don't know. I don't think I would take the Batman uh, Returns. No, what's the third movie with a uh, Kilmer? A uh, Kilmer? Um, no, it's Kilmer. Yeah, it is Kilmer. The, the Kilmer or the Clooney one? I wouldn't buy that one. Yeah, no, nah. I would buy the '89 one. I'd, I'd buy, buy the '89 one or the '66 one. The 66 one. I love I the 66 fucking Batmobile. It was so fucking boring. Greek invented it, to be honest with you. That's hilarious. Why? Did they have an extra back door? No. He, he's the one who did it. Him. He did the Batman. He did the Monster Mobile. He did the... Um, what other car he was famous for? Um, the Hillbilly one. What's the Hillbilly? Beverly oh. Hillbillies. Uh, but when you guys are born, you get like this little handbook that says, here's all the things that the Greeks have done. No, but you know what? I did find out that I popped more huge carvel was invented by greeks and then, tom, the China, and then the chinese took it over no tom carvel changed his name it was Car- Car- carvelos could be was greek and he's the one who started carvel ice cream so for all you people who had carvel ice cream for your birthdays thank a you're, greek when you see them you're welcome and you know how you thank a greek right <laughs> <laughs> yes um all right Speaking about Greeks, Mandalorian actor breaks silence on surprise resurrection decision. John Favreau and Dave Filoni's original intent to kill the character off in the show's second year and how that ended up not being the case. Speaking to Holo Files or Hollow Files, Simon Cassanides. Casarides, a good Greek boy. Yes, who plays Axe Wolves in both the second and third season of Mandalorian, discussed how he actually shot scenes for season two where his character died. Wolves would have been killed in chapter 11, The Heiress, but his death scene wasn't used in the final episode, effectively sparing his character from being written out. Casanides was sure to mention that he was excited that things shook out the way they did and that Axwolf's character was revived. He quotes, the way I look at this is that it's really the storyteller's story to tell. So John and Dave and all the other guys that create the show, they're such experts in deciding everything and they see how they want to shape things. I can't really speak for uh, speak to deciding to make Axwolf live because I think I was just mostly excited that I didn't go the, it didn't go that way. He said, uh, either way, I was ready to uh, get my uh, driver truck so I could uh, buy some of my drivers. 
Cassanides remembers them calling me saying, would you like to come back and film? And I said, yeah, cool. And then when I went in and that we did that, it was beyond the season finale, season two, having been locked. So it was too late to be inserted into the finale. Hence the Powerpuff Girls. So there was a lot of, where is he? What were you doing? Why weren't you in it? Now that the cat's out the bag. Cassanides only appeared in one episode of The Mandalorian prior to season three. And upon reading the scripts for his additional episodes, he was quite impressed by his character's role. And quote, I certainly had no idea for a long time as to how and when and if I was going to be back. And, you know, all I had to go on was the wonderful reaction from the fans. Just from that one episode in season two, which leaves you hopeful. And then obviously when I got the scripts for season three, reading them, I just said, wow. Cha-ching. Yeah. Additionally, Cassinides, he broke a couple blades, jumped up and down and said, Opa! <laughs> Additionally, Cassinides... Put out the octopus! <laughs> Cassinides spoke on how his triumphant de- declaration of For Mandalore came to be in season three's finale, noting that he worked with John Favreau on the line. John and I sat down and he said, How do you feel about this arc? How would you feel about saying something? And he said... To try for Mandalore. And well you know the rest is history. But it was an amazing moment. Thinking about them all returning. Especially the backstory that I built. Into that moment in terms of what it meant. For the character. So how cool is that? They kill him off. They change their mind. And Bring Homeboy becomes a main event in yes. season 3. Oh my goodness. The Greek, listen, the Greek boy done good. Uh, he did very well. See that's what happens bro. You put your faith in a Greek guy. And. He's, he's going to go back to the church and they're going to you know, throw a whole fucking party with him. He's going to get all the lambs he wants. That's right. Kyrie eleison, Kyrie eleison, Kyrie or dead baby. lamb. Just whatever, whatever he wants. You know, he's going to come back. They're going to take down John Stamos's picture. They're going to put up his picture in the church where we get to go. <laughs> Telly Savalas, you're out of here, buddy. Yeah. See you later, Kojak. So, uh, let's see. Ahsoka series. They had. They were talking to uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead, who's the wife of uh, Ewan McGregor. Obi Wan Kenobi. Oh, on bringing Hera from animated Rebels to live action Ahsoka. Did you read this? I did, but uh, it was very boring, so I really didn't care about it so much. But I continue. Ah, fuck! Way to set me up. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. It's like Helen Keller throwing a fucking assist to fucking Malone instead of Stockton. Good job. Mary Elizabeth Winstead recently joined co-stars Rosara Dawson, Natasha Lou Bordizzo, not Frank Rizzo. On e- <laughs> Frank Rizzo, dude. I look so hard for that Frank Rizzo because I could have. Bro, every it. time I say that, you pop. I love it. <laughs> I, that was my whole like I was a fucking like a freshman in high school listening to the Jerky Boys all day fucking long. Hey, sizzle chest. I'm talking to you, tits. <laughs> EW's Dago by Dispatch Podcast. Having that established background on the ace pilot and military leader was key as she brought the character to life in live action. And then what Mary Elizabeth Winstead said was having a character who's already existed and has such a rich history on something like Rebels, as an actor, it's incredible. Winstead told the Dago by Dispatch, because sometimes we're tasked with creating our own backstories or trying to flesh out a character that doesn't really have that much on the page. 
And so to play a character that has season after season of storylines and complex histories with everyone in their life and relationships and experiences was really something I've never experienced quite like that. Amazing. To have Rebels uh, to refer to and to have Rebels and Ahsoka create a Dave Filoni to speak to about it every day on set was a luxury for sure. So who is Hera's viewers? So who is the Hera viewers will meet on Ahsoka? And is she any different from the one that we saw in Rebels? She states, I see Hera as an incredible, strong, but complicated person. She's very maternal, but also she's a leader of the crew. And as we see, she continues and becomes a general. And so she's leading quite a lot of people and she's become something of a legend in her own right. But Winstead is also careful to point out how the military leadership and expertise are just one facet of the character. She's also very soft and warm, and people come to her for advice and solace and comfort. Seeing those things combined is very unusual and sometimes uh, in something that I really wanted to play on screen because that's such an aspirational thing, I think, as a woman or just as a person to be able to be all those things in one. And then after after that, the, the fucking Kodak song played. I see your true colors shining. She's really fucking working the gimmick, huh? Hey, I guess so. I mean, look, what else are you going to say? <laughs> you know like, what I mean? Yeah, this character sucks. I'm just here for the paycheck. And my I husband mean, got me this job. Exactly. Exactly. I, I mean, I hope she does well. I really don't know what other roles she played. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Uh, who knows? No I'm not too familiar with our work. She, she played Obi Two Balls. That's what she played. That was a good one, Pops. Yeah, I was just, I was just uh, quenching my thirst. All right. So there's two big Jedi theories. Okay, I'm ready. Supported by Ahsoka bringing back a fan favorite character. This fan favorite character. Was Professor Hai Wang, who was Hai played H U Y A N G, played by David Tennant from Star Wars Clone Wars. He's the droid. Okay, yes, I know who he is. Okay. Now he's in the Ahsoka show. Uh, in the Ahsoka show, indicated the plot will focus on. Other Jedi-related characters besides Ahsoka Tano. In Clone Wars, it was explained that Huang, or Hugh Wang, whatever his fucking name is. I love how Asian he is. Helps Jedi younglings build their first lightsaber. Teaching them about, the, teaching them about their freshly gathered kyber crystals and all the different materials and techniques they can use to construct their primary weapon. As such, uh, Hugh Wang's is closely linked to the Jedi Order. And his return may indicate the fate of two other Star Wars characters presented in Ahsoka. 25,000 years BBY, Huang was created by the first Jedi with the primary purpose of guiding young Jedi in the creation of their sabers. Huang carries with him the entire history of the Jedi Order and can therefore be a valuable vessel of knowledge, not just for Force-sensitive characters hoping to become Jedi in the aftermath of the Empire's reign, but perhaps also to solve the mysteries of another origin. So here are the two theories supported by this character. Number one, Hiwang in Ahsoka supports Jason Sindula becoming a Jedi. 
You know who Jason Sandula is, correct? It's Jason Derulo? Yeah, he's a, a pop no, artist. No, Jason Sandula. Take out the trash, Dick. You made me sit the two hours of fucking Star Wars burlesque, and now you're on the freaking podcast with Papa Don instead of yeah. taking care of me? Of course. You're too loud. You're waking up the kids. I'd definitely be taking care of her if you let me. So. You can hear me, thank God. <laughs> Jason Sandula is here Sandula's son. Yes, we're Kanan. Ooh, sexy. Remember in the aftermath of Rebels, they showed him sitting in the co-pilot seat. He had the green hair. Mm-hmm. So they're saying that because this guy, he might be, uh, he might support Jason becoming a Jedi. Now Ooh. the second one, saying they're, they're, the theory is Huang in Ahsoka supports Balin being a former Jedi. Okay. What are your thoughts? Supporting him, like, as in... I don't, I don't understand, like, the whole... Support. Giving him reach-arounds. I don't fucking know. Yeah, this is I, don't, I don't know either. Okay. Um, listen, this, this is a cool character. It has, a, again, a rich backstory in Star Wars, and I think um, Filoni is good about bringing these characters in, especially ones that he's worked with already in different media, to the forefront and to further expand their story and uh, instead of giving us new shit that... Um, won't make any sense. So, uh, I like the I like the Jason um, uh, gimmick there because we know the kid is probably going to be at least a little force sensitive, right? Because his dad was, um, and that will potentially open up things for the future. But again, how many more Jedi do we really want? You know, we're sitting in this post um, Order sixty six. It's post-Return of the Jedi, bro. First, okay, post-Return of the Jedi. So it was supposed to be Luke. It's supposed to be um, Ahsoka. Grogu, right? Who else we got left over well, there? Grogu's uh, not a Jedi. He's just Force-sensitive. He's a Mandalorian. Yes, theoretically. Um, by by the book. We got uh, Cal Kestis, right? If he lives. If he lives. We've got um, uh, yep. Quinlan, Quinlan Voss, maybe. And... We got Sharon. Oh, wait, wait. We said yeah. Jedi, not Sith. Sorry. Exactly. She's definitely a Sith. Your name shall be known as Darth yeah, yeah, exactly. Come on, man. You just stepped all over my joke. You fuck. Darth Latka. No, it's Darth Kosher. Um. So do we do we do we do we want more Jedi? I don't know. I don't know. You know, I think Star Wars has to have them at some point and, and you know inter- intertwined in the story. But you know, we've already proven that we could tell good stories without Jedi's. Of course. Now, going off topic here, I mean, off of um, the review sheet, um, I watched this video today by Echo Base Network, where this guy, Coach, he's the guy who is his channel, uh, which basically, they've all turned their back on Filoni. Him Ooh, and his crew. Really? How come? Yeah, they all think of Filoni backstab Favreau and Filoni's ruining Star Wars. So they're saying that Filoni's ruining George Lucas's Star Wars because in the George Lucas Star Wars, The Return of the Jedi, Yoda tells Luke he's the last Jedi once Yoda dies. Yes, exactly. And having Ahsoka around and having Ezra around and now having this kid around, Jason, if he's force sensitive and having Grogu around and having all these survivors from Order 66 like Cal Kestis and this, that. He's stating that that's cheapening what um, Luke Yoda mentioned to Luke, and it's breaking Ken. 
And I was like, I see his point, but he's wrong. Because Ahsoka claims she's not a Jedi. Correct. She, she's just a Force user. Jason, we don't know if he is a Jedi or, or Force-sensitive. Grogu is Force-sensitive, trained in the Jedi ways, but was never a Jedi, was only a youngling, and then became a Mandalorian. Right. And and during that time, he was suppressing his force abilities, according to what Ahsoka said. Right. Then, then we have Ezra, who is gone in the new beyond. And right. to be honest with you, he was only a Padawan who was strong in the force. He never passed any Jedi trials or was ever crowned or deemed a Jedi. Right. Kanan was, but Kanan was killed. Correct. And then Cal Kestis, I understand he was in hiding as a Padawan. Again, not a Jedi, never was crowned a Jedi. Force well, user. Just a Force user. So, in a way, from a certain point of view, they're still on track. There's a lot of meat on that bone that they could play with. Yeah. And I, now, I know that sounds dirtier than I meant it, but mm. you know what no, I'm saying? You, I, I mean, would you agree with me? Completely agree with you. You know, I, I think Filoni is, is smart enough to kind of not paint himself into a corner you know he's 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 a he's he's a student of the game he's a historian he's going to understand that george's vision you know because he, he learned under that learning tree of george lucas himself is is what needs to be preserved despite the fact that disney's owning star wars right now and he's going to do everything in his power to do that so it was more more than likely a conscious decision when he wrote those episodes of um of um clone wars where ahsoka you know breaks free of the of the jedi tyranny and becomes a force user still with lightsabers still with the force yada 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 um because he was thinking about that that line from from yoda and i think everything is also aligning with that too with the grogu thing with the calcestis thing and with like you said the ezra thing that they're all yeah, they all have Jedi abilities, but they're all not Jedi. Um, one could even say, you know, kind of Luke is also kind of pseudo-ish Jedi because he didn't go through the, you know, the the full training because he left Yoda when he went, went before his training was up. Um, but Yoda did say to him, no more training do you need once I'm gone, the last of the Jedi you would yes, be. Yes, Correct. So what this discussion we're having right now is exactly what Filoni and Favreau had during an interview when they were promoting Mandalorian Season 3. And it had me thinking, why is Filoni even trying to shit on Luke Skywalker a little bit? Um, is it because he's on Team Kathleen Kennedy now and he's praising Kathleen Kennedy? Could the fucking naysayers be right? Are there little breadcrumbs we have to follow to see that what, what's really going on behind the scenes? Or is he just being himself and just, like, stirring the pot? Who knows? I mean, because, let's face it, him and, him and Favreau did bring him back twice and did him right. I mean, Luke, Luke Skywalker, that is. You they, know? Did. they did. So. They definitely did. Um, probably against Kathleen's wishes, if you want to believe those dirt sheets as well. No, no. No one said anything except me. That was my fucking theory where they hid it from her, and she found out after the fact. That's what I'm telling you, bro. And you didn't believe me, 
But I'm telling you, she does not want Skywalker in this whatsoever. Because they, she knows. They know. She knows that if they put Skywalker in, no matter who the Jedi of the next generation is, they're always going to be overshadowed by Luke. Well, I mean, they're, they're going to be overshadowed no matter what. And, and he hit it and quit it. And never called her. And she's pissed at him. I, I really would love to be that. That'd be the reason. I think I think if I ever ever get a chance to speak to Mark Hamill and interview him, that's the first question I'm going to ask him. Uh, definitely, but it'd have to be off the record. Ask me anything you want, kid. Listen, did you fucking somehow fuck over Kathleen Kennedy? Did you like fuck her in the back of your like '77 Pinto and then never call her again? <laughs> Accidentally slipping her a butt while you were just trying to get a stroke in. Did you do the Spider Man? <laughs> Give her the Superman. Anyway, all right. Well, speaking about coming coming back. Uh, your boy, my boy, Tamara Morrison is allegedly coming back in Ahsoka. Dude, I saw this. I was kind of pumped for this. The fact that um, he may be back as Captain Rex in the Ahsoka series, which, uh, I don't know, makes perfect fucking sense. Um, how much would you pop if you see uh, Tem, you know, pop in with the, with the bald head and the beard? Huge. I would love it. Listen, first of all, the... The camaraderie and the relationship between them two. If he's not in this, wasted, wasted, wasted opportunity. opportunity. Yeah, I'd be surprised. It's a layup. Oh, you'd, be, you'd be surprised with the wasted opportunity of a missed layup. Mm, yeah, well, listen, this is all for oh, hold, hold my beer. Hold your Bud Light. I got it. So, <laughs> um, Zaddy. So, point being is, this wasn't news to me. And all this is true. I mean, if it's speculation or rumor, that's great. But if it's actually true, then it is news. It's not news. Come on. It's common sense. Right? Just like... Uh, Nothing is common until it actually happens. I agree. Just like with uh, Kenobi Season 2, how they're saying it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen. Something's going to happen with Kenobi. It could be a movie. It could be... And it's going to have fucking Cody in it. And Cody's going to be b- played by Tam. Uh, tomorrow Morrison and people are going to all jizz in their pants and it's going to be like, come on, guy, what do you, who else come is going to play the goddamn clones? Who else is going to play the clones? The guy who's played the clones in the prequel is going to play the clones now. The guy's now like, he's got like a hundred fucking rolls behind his belt, which is the best. He's like, I got yeah. this clone and that clone and this clone. Just pay me. Fuck you, pay me. That's it. You want your clones? Fuck you, pay me. You want Boba Fett? Fuck you, pay me. You want Django Fett flashback scenes? Fuck you, pay me. Anyway, uh, set him up good. Set him up good. So, Heir to the Empire movie opens up a path for an iconic Star Wars character to return. Did you read this? Um, I did read this, and I'm trying to think which iconic Star Wars character they were talking about because I read it a couple days ago. All right. Well, his name rhymes with Darth Thriller. Darth Thriller? Darth Killer? Oh, no, Star Killer. There we go. Give the man a freaking toaster. By the way, his action figure just came out again today. They've, uh, you know, the three and three quarter one. Uh, the one from the, uh, yep. the, the video game. Unleash? Yep. So how would you book him? How would I book him? Oh, my God. Um, I would probably say you have to give him his own series, at least a six episode series. Um, which would be a combination of 
similar to what they did with Boba Fett, where they do these flashbacks and these current time timeline stuff. You know, you want to see him being the Vader apprentice, but you also want to see what he's up to right now. And, you know, the build up to the Vader apprentice stuff is easy. You could use the, the you know, the games from that or whatever stuff he was in, the, the books and stuff. Um, and then obviously played by Sam Witwer and then have him in today, um, you know, struggling with whatever Vader made him do. Um, and that's, of course, it's going to be one of these, you know, walk the walk the good path kind of Boba Fett shows. I totally disagree. Shoot. This just came to me literally 10 seconds ago. I've never played the games, but I would incorporate the storyline from the games in this little mini series, six episode mini series they do. At the end of the, um, it's all Vader trying to take out the Emperor. And maybe the Emperor catch winds of his plans, fucks up Vader, shows him the true power of the dark side. Vader puts him on ice, freezes him, suspended animation. Yep. He, he gets out of suspended animation after Return of the Jedi, joins forces with Thrawn. As he a comes bad guy. as a bad guy, right? He becomes his right hand man. And just like Heir to the Empire, which I never read, but I heard one of his people turned on him, backstabbed Thrawn, which cost him the L. Sam yeah. Sam Witwer or Starkiller turns on Thrawn and Thrawn loses any opportunity and Sam Witwer or Starkiller advances the First Order or ties it into the First Order and that's why we have Starkiller base. That would be cool. That's an easy tie into that one for sure. Um, I could tell you if there's you know, a top 10 of characters that I would like to see them do a series about. He's definitely on one of them. Cause I think there's so much meat on that bone. Um, and they could pull stuff from, you know, the non-canon stuff right now, or just completely change the whole story. But Vader apprentice story, I think would be fucking dope. Yeah. And it can happen between any one of those movies, you know, whether it's between episode one and two, I yep. mean, I'm sorry, four and five or five and six. Whatever. They can make it work. And uh, will they? Probably not. We'll probably get more Ray movies, but whatever. So we do a segment here called From a Certain Point of View, and I got a topic uh, where, we, where, we, where we see things from Star Wars uh, that meant something yesterday, but means something totally different today. Um, and a topic that I got is... One key Force Awakens lines proves the rise of Skywalker needed Anakin. Did you read this? One Force Awakens, yes. Excuse me, sorry. Woke up early this morning. Um, It's the line where Kylo Ren says, Grandfather, I will finish what you've started. Yes. So that key line was spatted out by Reed Richards himself. Um, I don't think he would make a good Reed Richards. I don't think so either, but that's the rumor. You know who would make a good Reed Richards? I was thinking about Reed it Richards. Sorry. You all right? I'm good. You having a stroke? I said, the, you know, said who would make a good Reed Richards? Enrico Palazzo. 
It's not the umpire, Your Honor. It's Enrico Palazzo! Fuck, you are tired. Um, Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor as Reed Richards. I need to see Ewan's English, his, well, his American accent. I think he'd make a good Reed Richards. A little whitening on the sides to give him those little fucking, uh, <sighs> those little wings going, you know what I mean? mm, mm. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Well, allegedly, Margot Robbie's the Invisible Woman. I'm down for that. I'm not. Um, Why not? Why does every fucking lead superhero female need to be dropped at Gorgeous? Because someone's got to come to the movie theater. So I I guess so. Do the popcorn trick. Uh, Some other dude's going to play Johnny Storm. I forgot his name. The black guy? No, some black guy's supposed to be Ben Grimm. Yeah, he's orange anyway, so unless the rocks are black. Oh, God. So here we go. Uh, this line that you just mentioned, Doc, sets up Kylo's obsession with Veda, who he asked to pull him away from the light and back towards the dark side. The scene offered in The Rise of Skywalker the perfect opportunity to use Anakin to redeem Kylo rather than have Han Solo redeem Kylo. And if that would happen, two major... Problems would have been fixed with the sequel trilogy. The first is surrounds the invalidation of Anakin Skywalker's chosen one arc, the prequels introduced. Although Palpatine surviving in the return of the Jedi only to terrorize the galaxy once again, Anakin's redemption and subsequent return of balance to the Force was rendered inconsequential. However, Anakin bringing Ben Solo back to the light side and leading to the latter playing a vital role in Palpatine's defeat would have meant that Anakin was indirectly responsible for stopping Palpatine once again. So bringing balance would have been him. The other issue this would have fixed the sequel trilogy is the lack of overall connection to the Skywalker saga. While the films are dubbed as sequels, they still should have made more of an effort to link to George Lucas' prequel trilogy instead of just an original films by including hating christians anakin skywalker this would have been rectified the main character of the prequel trilogy opening uh, appearing as such a vital part of the final film of the saga would have made the sequel trilogy as a whole feel much more interconnected with the other skywalker films rather than the separate entities they currently present but on the flip side and he mentions in the article the fucking scene with Han Solo is one of the best scenes in the sequel trilogy so this whole premise of Anakin is like a catch 22 yeah um it was kind of it was kind of like I think I remember watching that and then seeing them him give that line and hold the helmet and have this whole Vader thing in such high regard and then it was almost like unmentioned there afterwards yeah kind of it was like Again, the, typical for the sequel trilogy where they have threads that come through and are not 
you know, don't lead anywhere. You know, this is you, you get to the end of it, and this is, you're in the middle of nowhere um, because it just doesn't have the payoff. Um, could have been, it could have been cool. It could have been, you know, something. Um, you know, his obsession with Vader, and you know, I guess you could say, oh, you know, the holocron, the Sith Wayfinder, whatever, was also kind of part of that. But I don't know. I mean, they could have made that a, a shit ton fucking better. But here we are. Yep. I'm not buying the Vader thing. Anyway. All right. Kathleen Kennedy shits on uh, Obi Wan season two. We said that. Yep. Ray film. Mark Hamill and Hayden Christensen will return as Luke and Anakin in the upcoming Star Wars movie as Force Ghosts. Man, I think that's bullshit, but. Star Wars Emperor Palpatine actor addresses possible return for the Ray Skywalker movie. Okay, uh, please, God, no. We've had enough of fucking the Emperor, unless we're doing flashbacks, unless we're doing um, something about him and his rise to power. But unfortunately, he's a thousand years old at this point. Leave, leave him alone. Leave him where he is. Well, Ian McDermott said, uh, I haven't been approached about it. So Thank you, knows? please. But love what him, if, love him, love him. What if, you know what? what if, what if, listen to this. In the sequel movie, right? In this uh, Ray movie. Because she beat him and struck him down, he lives within her. She's got, he's got a little, uh, it's going to be like Firestorm? Yeah, but he's trying to take over the hoe as, as main host. The hoe? Oh, there's the hoe? I said, geez. Right? He's, he's literally, literally, and, and little by little, trying to take over her body from Ooh. within and, and corrupt her. As much as you would like to. Um, and what if we have um, a Batman in the film and it is Ben Solo working from the saddles as a vigilante trying to right his wrongs and redeem himself, but not for others, just for himself. And Dude. it comes to it comes to pass. He has to show himself to Ray. Yeah. And he saves her in the film. Uh, you know what I mean? Yeah. So he's going to be like, yeah, I think we talked about this in the past before, like a little bit of this. But um, I just want to I just want to go back to your comment about a little bit of Palpatine living inside of her. Like, you remember when we were kids and, and um, Spider-Man got taken over by this, the uh, the symbiote suit and he would like go to sleep and the suit would like take him out and he'd still be unconscious and he'd do the Spider-Man thing and beat up fucking bad guys even worse. And not know about it because he was on, he was sleeping and the suit would take him out. If I was inside Ray as Palpatine, I think Ray would wake up every morning. She's like, "Why do my fingers smell like fish sticks?" <laughs> every morning I shower, but I wake up and my fingers smell like trout. See, I thought you were actually going with a good storyline where she goes out and starts killing kid people and terrorizing people. <laughs> oh man, that's awesome! No. No, 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 no. <laughs> Unlimited power. Uh, she wakes up like in a bed full of like black dudes. She's like, how did I get here? Finn? Hey. Oh, shit. Uh, skeleton crew news. The um, episode count has come out. There's going to be eight episodes. Did you know this? Yes, that's a, that's a, that's that's a decent episode count. I'm, I'm a big fan of the eight, of the eight baggers. MCU Spider-Man director John Watts, along with Chris Ford, penned the bulk of Skeleton's crew, with the exception of the series' fifth and sixth episodes, which were written by Myong Joe Wessner. God bless you. 
You're welcome. Uh, in keeping with another Star Wars Mandiverse tradition, the different directors are attached to different episodes of Skeleton Cruise. Lineup consisting of everything, everywhere, all at once. We talked about this. The Daniels, Daniel Kwan and Daniel Schreiner. Green Knights, David Lowry. Now Mike Lowry from Bad Boy 2. Jake Schreier, who just did um, uh, the Peter Pan Wendy movie. Uh, the upcoming director from Marvel Studios, Thunderbolts. Uh, Bryce Dallas Howard, she's going to be directing. Um, and along with uh, Minari's Lee Isaac Chung, who, who directed the Mandalorian season three episode, The Convert. So, someone said something today in a video that I saw about these kids in the in the in the uh, the trailer for the show. We're in a school, and it kind of looks like it might be the school that's the, the bar from Navarro that the pirates are trying to get oh, into. Oh, interesting, interesting, interesting. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. If they do that, it'd be very good connecting tissue. And the guy, the the pirate that bounced like a like a like a prick. Um, yeah. He's going to be the main antagonist of the show. Yeah, I think we knew that already. I think we, we thought it was all going to be, you know, Gory and Shard until, you know, he goes down in a blaze of glory. Um, and it makes sense for this guy to escape and be the one who's the uh, the antagonist because that's what they were had, kind of hinting at in whatever fucking stuff that they were releasing. I like that guy. He was kind of a scumbag. Yeah, supposedly this show's coming out in November or December. Supposedly... Ahsoka's August 31st, but if that's yep. the case, it's going to leak into Loki Season 2. So people are now saying that it might be earlier in August, which is cool by me. Well, not the first time they've had a Marvel and a, and a Star Wars show leak into each other. Of course not. Um, but who knows? I mean, only time will tell. We'll see what happens. Correct. But Doc, guess what? I uh, don't know, Pop. What? You just made the list! Oh, shit. You just made the list. <laughs> Best sell you ever did. Um, we do a, a segment here, ladies and gentlemen, where we find lists on the interwebs and we bring it to your attention. And we see if these lists are actually worth our time, if they're good, or if they're scatta, basura, garbage, horrible, the drizzling shits, the Joey Tell, the Cade Lothbrook, the Alvin Alvarez of lists. So... We have one, two, three, four, five, six lists. Do you want me to go first? You go first. I'm going to pop my list right. open over here, all right? Ten Star Wars theories that completely change the prequels. Let's see. Number ten. This is something I do like. Palpatine created Anakin Skywalker. So if Palpatine is the one who manipulated the midichlorians inside Shmi... And created, <laughs> created uh, Anakin kind of makes sense. Yeah, we, we, we you know, th I think this is almost canon at this point, you know, with the fact that, you know, it was in the comic books and stuff like that. So definitely one I want to see. Continue. Number nine, Grogu was the force's answer to Anakin. Mm, to bring balance, eh? Yeah. Um, okay. Number eight, Anakin was not the chosen one. Yeah, we, we there's always chatter about that one. But the creator says he was, so he will always will be. Exactly. Count Dooku believed he was the chosen one. Mm. 
Let's see. Let's see why. Why Dooku left the Jedi Order and became a Sith is probably a combination of numerous reasons. Still, one interesting theory is that Count Dooku believed he was the chosen one foretold by the prophecy. In this scenario, Dooku may have been frustrated the fact that the Jedi Order never believed in his true potential. Likewise, if Dooku believed he was the chosen one, he may have been sure that his plans for the future of the galaxy were for the greater good. Count Dooku was not necessarily seeking power of dest- or destruction. Maybe he believed that as a chosen one, he he was the right person to lead the galaxy to a new path. Um, Dooku did offer Obi-Wan an alliance to take down the Sith Lord and rule the galaxy, which adds to this theory. This is one that I fucking love, and they should fucking use it. Palpatine killed Padme using the Force. Yes, definitely. Qui-Gon Jinn knew Anakin was going to become Darth Vader. Oh, that's a dirty one. Yeah. Let's see what it says. This is not... Okay. Uh, How Qui-Gon Jinn perceived the Chosen One prophecy is difficult to say, but he would often go against the Jedi Council if it meant following the will of the Force. That is not to say Qui-Gon Jinn wanted Anakin to become a Sith Lord. That would kill and destroy. However, if Qui-Gon somehow realized that Anakin's turbulent path was necessary to destroy the Sith once and for all, bringing balance to the Force, this theory works quite well. That's a dirty trick right there. Palpatine let Mace Windu win in Revenge of the Sith. We've said that before. He threw the fight to get sympathy. Yeah, of course. No, we knew that. Number three, Mace Windu didn't die in Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, would love that to happen. Anakin and Obi-Wan were a Force dyad. Nah... It was, we talked about this before, I think, at some point. And number one, Jar Jar Binks was a Sith. Oh, Sith Lord. I love that one. So uh, My favorite. Anyway. All right. I got Star Wars 10 Force-sensitive characters that aren't Jedi or Sith. Maz Kanata. We talked about that one. Bendu. The Bendu is that thing on the mystical Force creature, Rebels. Reva. Oh, God, please. Suck a fucking cock. The Grand Inquisitor. <laughs> Finn, Finn, you know, I was I was watching um, Bryce Skywalker today, and Finn's Why? like, because it was on a TV when I, when I got home, and Finn is like, oh, the the, the communications tower's on that ship, and what's her face, the other chick goes, how do you know? He goes, a feeling. I said, okay, thanks. Uh, Chirrut Imwe, we knew he was Force-sensitive. Leia Organa. He wasn't Force-sensitive. He was Force-sensitive, yes, no. He believed in the Force. He wasn't Force-sensitive. This list is... Ten Force-sensitive characters that aren't Jedi or Sith. So suck it, Papa Don. Okay. I will read it. It says, uh, Rogue One filled memorable characters. Uh, Whether Chimera is in fact connected to the Force is left a little ambiguous. However, his belief in the Force allows him to walk through a barrage of gunfire without getting shot, which does leave many to believe that he is Force-sensitive. Excuse me. C-3PO and R2-D2 did the same thing in the hallway scene in the opening fucking act of Star Wars uh, Episode 4. They're not Force-sensitive either. When they walked from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen and the Rebels were firing against the Stormtroopers and they walked unscathed. Don't ask me why they even put that in the film or why they shot it. It makes no sense. They just got lucky. Asajj Ventris, this one, Grogu, and Ahsoka Tano, who was formerly a Jedi and then now not. The Mandalorian, seven things I really hope to see in season four explore. Let's see. 
More adventures with just Din and Grogu. Okay. New worlds. A whole new world. And on that, being able to see the rebuilding of Mandalore. More looks into the New Republic dealing with its government. A new original villain. And I guess that's it. I got Star Wars Old Republic Best Villains Ranked. Ugh. Here we go. Six, uh, Skavak. Okay, I don't know who he is. Bless Five, you. Darth Tech. This list fucking sucks. I'm not kill us about the Old Republic of bullshit. Sorry, sorry, Holly. I love you, but we're not going through that. Um, let's see. Here, this is a good one. I think we should finish with this one. Six legend stories that should be made canon. Number six, Dark Lord, The Rise of Darth Vader. Uh, it's an in-depth book by James Luceno, novel about Anakin Skywalker's psyche. That sounds like that's actually pretty interesting. I'd give that a swirl. Um, Scoundrels. Um, this is uh, the Han Solo series that Timothy Zahn did, um, where it's him and, and Lando and uh, Chewbacca looking to uh, get some shit done, some crimes. Darth Bane trilogy. That's also a very, very good one. Um, that'll you know keep us uh, or Republic heads uh, happy. Republic Commando, which was a video game as well, um, but it's also a series too. I think that would be cool. Uh, Outbound Flight again. Timothy Zahn again about the Yuuzhan Vong and, um, and and Grand Admiral Thrawn, and it's also kind of throws in a little uh, Master Jorah Seaboth as well. And then Darth Plagueis. Um, there's got to be some portion of Darth Plagueis that's canon already, right? I mean, he is mentioned by Palpatine. So something about him has got to be mentioned. But, you know, his complete backstory, which we have already in non-canon, I think that's what they're referring to. That, you know, to be honest with you, in he's a moon, right? The moon species, which is the banking cartel. But they can make him... They could make him canon, and he might not even be the same species. Yeah, of course they could. You know, for the one definite ball that was dropped is having uh, Snoke should have been Plagueis. Interesting. Um, clone of Plagueis, maybe? Or Plagueis? No, Plagueis just essence hopping into a clone's body. And, you know, they were saying Snoke, S-N-O-K, is Sith, no one... No one knew existed. Oh, that's a stretch. Okay. You know, that was the acronym for why they called him Snoke. Yeah. And they dropped the ball with that because... That would have been cool. Yeah, you know, whatever. It would have tied it back to the prequels. The problem was that J.J. didn't like the prequels and they thought everyone thought the prequels sucked, but uh, again... The sequel said, hold my beer. Hold my Bud Light. Anyway, Jock, anything else you want to add? I think that's it, man. Um, you know, we had a who's moreover, but it's only been up for two days, so let's push it to the next show. Oh, really? What was it? I don't even know we had one. Oh, it was um, Ahsoka versus the Armorer. Didn't we do that one already? We did not. No. Oh, that's not. It's gonna be. It's not gonna be. Just, all right, it's gonna be a massacre right there. Um, that's all right. I like massacres. Any uh, any toy news? Uh, not anything great. Um, on the Star Wars front, nothing really fantastic came out. They put you know four new figures out: some Andor Trooper, Star Killer, Admiral Piet, and then some other one that I really don't care about. But 
um, nothing really fabulous or exciting has kind of hit the hit the shelves as of late. By the way, as, if you have a, you know any chance of buying S- Star Wars toys in stores, good luck because they really don't exist anymore. I'm literally buying probably 99% of my stuff online right now. Why is that? Just because the stores don't stock them. Because they're not selling? They're either not selling or people are getting their way before I am or they're ordering a lot less than they had been previously. I mean, is that so, adding to the value though? No, not necessarily. You still because you can still get them on Amazon without a problem. I think Amazon is just you know taking over the world when it comes to um, getting stuff quickly and fast and not bent up and destroyed like you you will in the store. Interesting. It's an Amazon world, baby. We're just living in it. I guess so. All right. Well, let them know we can find you at Doc. Find me at Doctor D R underscore Destroyo D E S T R R O Y O on Instagram. Alex Royo on Twitter. Sorry, Facebook and Alex Royo MD on Twitter. Mad Dirk. Um, <laughs> you can find me at Greek Up Papadon on Twitter and Instagram. Demetrius Papadon on Facebook. Pro Wrestling T slash Greek Up Papadon for your Pro Wrestling T store needs, aka shirts, GGP shirts that were designed by Alex Royo and Spiro. Uh, my YouTube channel, Greek Up Papadon. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell. Comment, like. Help me with this stupid algorithm. Let's take this thing off the... And make this channel... Monet, make me some money, god damn it. Um, you can find me this Saturday in Virginia for Virginia oh Championship Wrestling. Um, the 9th, I'll be in Long Island for NYWC. 16th, I'll be at Wrestling Is Now in Jersey. Wrestling for the championship. Um... The 17th, I'll be back at NYWC in Deer Park. And what's that? Then uh, 17th. Yeah, loud, loud wrestling. 24th, I'll be in loud wrestling, loud East wrestling in the Bronx. And uh, may, some other things may transpire, but we'll see. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for giving us your time. Thank you for giving us your ears. Hopefully we entertained you. Hopefully we enlightened you. Hopefully we didn't give you any nightmares about Sheev's penis. But I'm gonna have them tonight. Let me tell you. Yeah. At least we did what we always set out to do, and that is get Star Wars over more, with you. Moreover with you, yes. And not us moreover on Star Wars. And not getting you ourselves sons over. of bitches. Yes, that's right, Doc. You tell them, steal my thunder, steal the clothes. Good job. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another exciting edition of the New Force Order. And that's just too sweet. Whole life. Stole your thunder. Fuck you. And that's just too sweet. Henceforth, you shall be known as my cock and ball swinging in your face. Like a wrecking ball. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. This ain't a small moon, but it can shatter, shatter, and bring your planet boom. It's got that boom, boom, that blow up all. Like all Duran chunks, we're all Duran.
Cause you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. I'm all about that bass, about that bass. I'm bringing balance back. Go ahead and tell them Jedi bitches that. No, I'm not playing. I'm hooking layers down. But I'm here to tell you. Every inch of me is robot from the bottom to the top. Yeah, the Emperor told me don't worry about the size. Says it's not like it'd be blown up twice by the same Jedi. And no, I won't be no Sith fighting Jedi Obi-Wan. So if that's what you're into, Stormtrooper, then move along. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no rebels. 